0: Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I'm your host, Jamison Smallwood. And yeah, I know you haven't heard this in a while, but this is going to be a small talk episode, a bonus show of the Culture and Conversations podcast. On small talk, usually I have a guest and we are talking behind the scenes and we have that candid conversation and we share it with you. But on this episode of small talk, I'm going to share, I guess, behind the scenes in how I'm processing the thefts and murders of unarmed black men and women at the hands of the police, as well as good old fashioned racists up next on small talk. I had a really difficult time uh, recording this episode. This is this is probably the third time I've recorded my thoughts about all of the civil unrest and the murders by the police, as well as murders by the racists, um, as it relates to me as a black man and how I'm processing it. Uh, you know... We're we've been doing a lot of recordings about this on hashtag the group chat, uh the weekly live stream of the Culture and Conversations podcast featuring uh my friends and fellow co-hosts uh Brandy and Ramon. And as black people we we are having that conversation to help the community that we represent and that we're a part of, the larger community have that conversation. And the emotions are real, and the visceral reactions have been real. And I've been trying to think of what should I say on Culture and Conversations, the audio podcast, to really communicate my thoughts. Because this is kind of my space, right? They they um, aren't on this show that, because it's it's a different show. And so this is my creative outlet, and I said, well, I want to speak to People about this in some way that's intelligent. The first time I got on and recorded, it was more of a rant. And I was really uh, emotionally moved um, calling out white silence and how I would expect more from friends of mine who are uh, white. Um, You know, I know everybody's not as vocal as me. And so I think, in part, that's kind of why I went back and rethought that episode and at and least that content and decided not to release it because everybody's not as vocal as me. And maybe it's an unfair expectation that my white friends would speak up about racism um, on their social media platforms. But then again, I, I come back and I, I recorded another episode where I was more reflective and I was more introspective and I took time to really formulate my thoughts. And I still came to the same conclusion that I expect my white friends to be louder advocates. I think the thing that people should know, what happens to me at least, when I witness one of these shootings or murders at the hands of the police or in the case of Ahmaud Arbery uh, down in Brunswick uh, where he was uh, jogging and uh, was essentially lynched by three uh, white racists it really triggers for me an expectation that somebody would identify with my pain. Like, you know, as black people, we have that conversation all the time. Uh, in internally, we, we support each other through that trauma all the time that, Hey man, this is just another example of us living in a racist society. This is another example of America, not having actually dealt with the history of, uh, that racism produced in this it has produced in this country, and how this country was fundamentally built upon racism, systemic racism, institutionalized racism, and just good old fashioned hate. Right, like we 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 haven't dealt with that as a country, so these things are just manifestations of that. And so we as black people have that conversation all the time. We talk among ourselves all the time, but I, at this point, I feel like. I can't in good conscience not challenge people outside of the black community, namely my white friends, to look at how would they feel if they were the marks of racism, where the ire and the hatred of a people was turned against them. Like like you never hear in the media... About, um, you know, white people being targeted, you know, or 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 this narrative that we have to live with as black people constantly of having our race a, a subject of discussion because we know that we're not in a post-racial society. We know that the world is full of people who still hate, and it's not enough. As we talked about on the group chat. Um and I get I got to shout out Ray for his his take on that which was just so beautiful. It's not enough to just to not be racist actively, right? To kind of be agnostic towards racism. Like, well, you know, I'm I'm not racist myself, but at the same time I'm not going to go around denouncing racism and, you know, at the same time I'm not really going to, you know, jump out the window and take my take my friends cause up myself and you know, or I'm not going to take take and become a racist and help the racist either. So I'm going to kind of be agnostic, right? So you kind of in the middle, but really that's not acceptable, right? That's not that's not the, that's not the place to be. You know, this isn't the question of you know if God exists. This is the question of what's right and wrong. You know, you don't get to just hide and say, well, I'm not going to pick a side. You know, um, and I think that I think that part of that empathy that I'm looking for is found in my white friends actively making a decision. Now, you know, how do I know if they've made a decision, right? I think, I think that's the deeper question. So the question for me is answered through seeing what people are putting out into the world to deal with this in their space. You know, one of the things that's really sad and disappointing on my social media timelines, I have all these white classmates I went to school with, and none of them say anything whenever a black person gets shot by the police or murdered by the police. Or uh, we saw when George Floyd was murdered by um, Derek Chauvin uh, kneeling on his neck for you know eight minutes, and I believe it's like forty six seconds. Or I always say about ten minutes. Like we like no one, no one has ever just just displayed outrage. And and this is the part that's that's really probably the most. Saddening and the most sickening to me is even if even if you don't think that what happened to someone like George Floyd was a racially charged incident that 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 racism caused Derek Chauvin to undervalue and rob George Floyd of his humanity. Even if you don't believe. That racism is the culprit in the motive, or in the issue of of the of Derek Chauvin's heart to see someone getting murdered by the police, just just murdered by the police. You would think that that would spark outrage in people's hearts, even if they're white, right? You would think that they would just say, "Man, I can't believe that happened." But I think that 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 the ultimate deception of racism is that there are just a lot of what I call polite racist. People who are quiet, people who pretend like when they're pressed, hey, I got to have an answer for the black guy who's, who's going to say something about this police brutality thing. You know, people who just think that they're nice enough and that their indifference means that they're not racist. And, and I'm sorry, I, I just can't go with that. Because even if you're conservative, right, and, and I don't talk a lot of politics on the, on the show, but even if you're conservative, and, and, you know, you believe in the thin blue wall and, and all this stuff. Part of the fundamental definition of conservatism is supposed to be small government. You know, you don't get any bigger government than a government agency, whether it's local, state, federal, actually killing people without due process. Like, there's nothing more, there's nothing bigger government can do in the life of a citizen than kill them. Nothing more consequential. And so when I see people who are just quiet and and who are conservatives, I'm like, man, the least I would expect based on what you profess your political beliefs to be is outrage. But I don't get that either. And really, I think that the the, the just not even be be the, to be polite about it myself, at the end of the day, that's racism. The ability to be quiet in a moment of pain of somebody else's agony and pain because you're scared that if you speak out against Something that is clearly wrong, even if you don't believe it's racially motivated, somebody might think that you're challenging, uh, you know, white supremacy or racism in just your advocacy for somebody else's humanity and dignity. Um, you know, I just had a chance to watch, uh, you know, the 13th um, Amendment uh, video that they put out on, on Netflix done by Ava DuVernay. It's called, you know, 13th or Thirteen. And that talks exclusively about just how America and racism in America designed the freedoms of African-Americans post-slavery in order to basically re-enslave them through other legal semantic games, such as, oh, well, in the 13th Amendment, it says that if you're, in, if you're a criminal, then you, know, then you, you can be essentially be a slave. And so that language has been used to fuel the witch hunt of black people throughout the, throughout the country and the over-policing of black communities throughout this country in order to fuel this industrialized prison complex that we have here in America using black bodies. And it, it, was, it was interesting in that documentary where it talked about how black prisoners were the catalyst for rebuilding the South's economy. Black prisoners, black criminals, right? "Quote unquote," and and how the language of racism has morphed and and congealed around and coalesced around this idea of well, we can't say the n word outright anymore, but now what we can do is call them thugs. We can call them criminals. We can call them uh, you know uh, gangsters. We can say well all all these euphemisms and uh, for the for the n word. And, and, and it's, 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 it's deliberate, it's intentional, and it's all been covered in that documentary. And it's, it's, it's just telling of, of what we go through as black folk. And so this, 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 this criminality that is used by concocting all these different, just, you know, tiki tat laws, this is big government at its worst, right? But yeah, and still, instead of actually advocating based on political views that you claim you hold, not even racial views, just political views, you know, just political views like, hey, that shouldn't happen to an American citizen. People, um, you know, people get quiet and people pretend like they did not see uh, what, what happened. And they, they hide in their politeness or in their quietness or in their indifference. Um, so I think for me, the first thing I would ask, and as I begin to kind of wrap this small talk up is, you know, if you're a white person who has a platform and you call me a friend and I can name names, but I won't, (laughs) but if you have a platform, it might be time for you to actually sit down and have a conversation with your audience in your space as a white person about how you truly feel about racism. And how you truly feel about seeing someone like George Floyd murdered. Um, there, I had Another reason I had to record this episode uh, was because there was another black gentleman murdered by the police uh, in Atlanta. And, um, you know, let me, matter of fact, I'm doing this on the fly so you guys can hear me look up his name. Um, let's see here. Black man shot in Atlanta. Let's see what that, how, how, uh, how many, how many, how quickly that comes back. Yeah, his name is, uh, or his, his name was Richard Brooks. So before I could even publish this episode that I previously recorded, the second attempt that featured um, some commentary about the murders of black men in America, I'm making a mess here, knocking stuff down. I, I had to go back and, and now update it because another person was killed uh, by the police and murdered by the police. Rashard Brooks shot in the back as he was running away from the police, you know, and I think that ultimately we need to have some deep conversations. And I, I hope that, like I said, you take your platform as a white person listening to this, whether it's just your home and you have a conversation intentionally with your children, you have a conversation intentionally with your wife and your and your your brothers, your your fathers, your mother, like whoever you can talk to. That's really what I'm saying when I say platform. Whoever you can talk to, whether it's your whether you have a podcast, a YouTube channel, a Facebook, a social media, a Twitter, a Instagram, whatever you whatever you talk on, like you should have that conversation about race, and and ask yourself the deepest question: Why are you uncomfortable having that conversation? Why are you uncomfortable having that conversation? I see people get outraged when someone mistreats an animal, like a dog, you know, or or a cat. We see these ASPCA, uh, whatever those commercials are, we see all that stuff, man. People people went crazy when Michael Vick killed a dog and killed dogs, right? Like, I, I get it. You know, horrible thing he did, right? You know, it, lo- it just looks bad. It's gruesome. Man's best friend. All that stuff. But it still wasn't a human being, right? Still wasn't a human being. And what's worse is we didn't even see uh, what, what Michael Vick ad- allegedly did, right? Or was found guilty of doing. We didn't see him do any of that because there was no video of it. Yeah, we see black men shot and killed by the police on on social media uh, videos all the time, and we got people sitting there quiet like, "Well, you know." So, I, for me, your friendship is best expressed at this time, towards me and for me, um, by using your voice to tell as many white people as who will listen as who will listen to you as as can. Be told by your platform that, hey, you know this is wrong, and this shouldn't have happened to a black man. This shouldn't have happened to any man, but specifically it shouldn't have happened to a black man and I think that conversation is one that uh is is a true sign of advocacy as a true sign of being an ally and uh, I welcome all my friends to to do that, and if you need help navigating some of the finer points of of what we are, you know, talking about from a moral standpoint and from a uh, political doctrinal standpoint, if you will, then uh, I'm always available to have that conversation. I think lastly, as I wrap up, I just want people to understand that, you know, I'm not going to back down um, from using culture and conversations to amplify the message that racism is wrong. Um, this isn't an activist podcast I never planned on it being an activist Or a political podcast uh, I, I'm not that moved Politically normally to to have those Types of conversations um, But needless to say I just was I'm just tired I'm tired of the narrative I'm tired of the story I'm tired of the wash, rinse and repeat I'm tired of, of bad cops I'm tired of people defending bad cops You know people want to venerate uh, the police, and they act like they have never met a jackass as a police officer. You know they, they act like they've never met an asshole who, who, who who's wearing a police uniform and 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 talking crazy and giving them a difficult time. They act like they've never met someone who's abused their power as a police officer. I've got stories about that, stories plural about how police officers have approached me about how police officers have talked to me, about how police officers have, have tried, to, to, tried to antagonize me to give them some type of, of vile response so that they could then uh, make my night really bad by locking me up. Like I, I've got all these stories. And the, and the thing is, I'm not even saying that these things happen to me because I'm a black man. I'm saying these things happen to me. And that the fact that they happen to me, I know they're happening to other people. So the question then becomes, why is it that the police are somebody that we're so we're so enamored with? Like, why can't we have both conversations that, yeah, hey man, policing is hard, but there are some shitty police officers. Why can't we have both of those conversations in America at the same time, right? It's like, it's you know, it, I learned this from a relationship perspective, right? I used to... Uh, you know, use the excuse all the time that I'm a good guy. I, I do nice things for women, but do I really meet their needs, right? Was I really being an emotionally developed man in, in a way that was meeting the needs that this woman had in the relationship? Sure. I got, I, you know, I was doing nice stuff, but was I really con- doing the relationship part? Right. And and yes, you can always go back and talk, talk about, Oh yeah, the good, but that's not where we're trying to what we're trying to fix right now. We're trying to fix the bad. And you can and you can and, and this is the truth. You can never have good you can never have real developmental conversations in your life if all you do is focus in on what you do well. It's like no, if you're truly trying to work on something, you got to work consistently on every aspect of what it is you're doing that needs to be improved. So you don't go out there on the basketball court for instance, if you've got a great jump shot, and say, okay, yeah, I've got a great jump shot. I'm a good basketball player. When your team needs you to have a post-up game, when your defense needs to be better, when you don't hit free throws consistently, when you don't give maximum effort, those are the things to work on to make you a better player, right? So I can I can I can say, yeah, he's got a great jump shot, or she's got a great jump shot, but the rest of their game sucks. So this is this is why I get frustrated with the police conversation, because at the end of the day, no one's trying to dishonor the police, but if you pretend like there's not areas of opportunity to improve, then you're completely being delusional, or at least in t- intentionally evasive about having the real conversation about police officers who um, needing to be better and needing to improve. And I'm not saying I, I and I'm not the I'm not so radical or so narrow minded to believe that that the problems that we see in, in the police department are completely based in white supremacy and or in the sense of only white officers. That's what I meant to say. But it is based gr- grossly in how white supremacy has shaped how black people are perceived in, in society. So even black officers will look at a black person that they're arresting as less than human because the, it has been burned into their mind through media portrayals, Uh, through narratives propagated by white supremacy that black people are inherently less than. And when that happens, it's hard to expect a police officer to value the life of that human being when they're truly looking at them as if they're subhuman. So um, I guess that's all I've got to say. This is a small talk episode and I hope that people hear the pain and the frustration in my heart Um, to my white friends, like I said, you can reach out if you want to, but let me just give you some caveats (laughs) because I had to deal with this from other people. I'm not here to make you feel bad. This isn't one of these like guilt trip conversations, right? Where you now need to come to Jameson to wash yourself of your guilt. That's not what this is about. This is just about, Hey man, here's how you can take action. And I trust that as my friends, you will take action. That's all this is about. And if you, if you having trouble figuring out how to take action, yeah, I'm here for that conversation. Um, but you know, there's, but, but what you should do and when you should do it and doing it so that I can see it, I don't, I have no interest in that cause it's not, I'm not the harbinger of the moral correction that you should experience in your life. If you have trouble with that, that's between you and whatever faith system or spiritual system or morality system you, you, you use to navigate your life with. Um, I've had people reach out to me randomly and apologize. <laughs> I've had people reach out to me through the, um, the through the show for the podcast and, uh, you know, basically say that they're going to, you know, they want to have a conversation about their upbringing and they come to find out they're just a polite racist. They just want to try to challenge. The question I was asked by this person who I call a polite racist is, do we take racism too serious as black people or too personal as black people? That's the most nonsensical question I've ever been asked about racism. If racism is real, then how can I, how can I possibly take it too serious? I can't take it too serious. It's a part of every aspect of my life, right? If racism is real and, and we believe racism is real. So why, why in the world would I act like, how would I even, even you know, yield to this, to this premise that we're taking it too serious and then come to find out all she's trying to do is debunk racism Instead of actually dealing with her contribution and the contribution of her family to the problem of racism, instead of dealing with that, she's trying to challenge the idea that we're just looking at this thing all wrong or that this is all in my head. I've had this happen from other people who could, I consider friends. They're like, "Oh man, you're just thinking about you know, you guys are just thinking about it the wrong way." Like, no, like you have never experienced this. This isn't some. This isn't some fictional. You know pseudo you know pseudo um, cult that we are a part of is black people to affirm and uphold the deity known as racism. This is exactly what we live with every single day. Every single day, being qualified and having your your expertise challenged and questioned all the time. You know, being on a team and people you know passing you up. Like, just things that you, just things that over and over again remind you that there's a difference between being a black person and a white person in America. And then it rises all the way up to, you know, us seeing black men get killed and black women get killed by the police or by racists. These are things that at the end of the day, when you really are honest, you can't ignore it. And that's all I'm asking people to do is to stop ignoring it. So. With that said, man, um, yeah, that was the episode of Small Talk. Hadn't done one of those in a while, but uh, it felt appropriate. As usual, man, get at the show. Culture and Conversations is everywhere. And if you're on Facebook, Culture and Conversations is the page. And then the, the group that we have promoting our live stream is Culture and Conversations Presents. Hashtag the group chat. Yeah man, you guys have those conversations With yourselves And with the people who you can reach And talk to with your platform And uh, yeah I'm just going to keep on podcasting Telling the truth The way we do on Culture and Conversations Make somebody a part of the conversation About this race stuff man Let's be better people